Welcome to Mystery House Hours and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. Yes, we are not doing the final discussion, but we are discussing, uh, as we do at the end of every season, the season that we had just gone through. And this one is a bit special because it was the last season. It was the last season. So, I mean, technically, I guess we could look at everything. But here's the thing. This season (laughs) is a thing unto itself. I mean, the thing that I would say, and, you know, it's quite uh, sad when you think about it, is that we didn't really get a finale to Riverdale. Nope. We We got got a finale to season seven of Riverdale. Yeah, but this does not wrap up the themes and the stories we have been following for six years. Yeah, all the stuff that I feel like we we said like all of their hopes and dreams from before the them them going back to 1950s i feel like never really got resolved and i don't feel like we're reflected in this season well because okay well, like, like, like 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 i i, I want to like let's talk about the biggest difference reggie reggie's d- outcome here does not feel like the outcome like like reggie in, is a different person yeah in the in the before times he his dad was like dying from cancer and he was like and Reggie was trying anything he could to get success and he was also still embroiled with the mafia he did not get out of his mafia embroilments I don't think well I mean I think once Hiram's gone everyone in a way got out of their mafia embroilments but this doesn't feel like and I know he technically wasn't a main character maybe no I think he he was was. by the end he definitely was by the end uh, but like, I don't know. Well, he, he's not even Reggie anymore. Like he is in no way, shape or form Reggie from the comics. Yeah. The only thing they have in common is their name. Yeah. So, I mean, talking about this season, I guess we, so when, when the season began, we going into it, I had, I you remember like pretty, like not high hopes, but I had dreams of possibilities. Yeah. And there was a chance that this could be good if they really leaned into the camp? Uh, yeah. And they kind of did. But in the first episode, they took having a character with knowledge of the future and said, no, 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 no. We don't want to play with that. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not going to do that. Almost to the point that it feels like they changed their mind, right? It definitely seems like they changed you, their mind. The only other option is they really wanted to do that dramatic Jughead final monologue last season. But it got so it got it got swiped away, and it was so inconsequential. Like nobody even mentioned. Remember, for a time, Jughead, you went crazy. Like no, they forgot it. Yeah. Tabitha kissed the memories of him going crazy out of everyone's heads. Apparently, uh, yeah. But that's where we started. So we started there, and we started with Angel Tabitha giving them a mission: bend <laughs> towards justice. Yeah, and j- then she took memory of the mission out of Jughead's head. Yeah, she mostly she just said, "Hey." Here's what I hope will happen. Like, because <laughs> a mission implies we will consciously do this. She just sort of said, I hope while you're here, you'll make the future better. And then. Which they could have done if they had memories of the future. Or even, even if, like, just Jughead did, but he couldn't let them know. So he had to, like, subtly push people into doing the right thing, but he couldn't tell them about the future because it'll cause, like, temporal ripples that will tear apart the fabric of space time. Just say something like that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> that makes sense enough. When when, when <laughs> everything T- Angel Tabitha said this season was just weird nonsense. nonsense. 
It's so true. B-grade Doctor Who nonsense, which Doctor Who itself is already pretty B-grade. <laughs> it's just, it's so frustrating because I like, I think there is an argument to be made, I think, that these characters did act in ways that 1950s teenagers never would. Yeah. And the reason they act in these ways is not because the showrunners and the authors don't want the characters to ever be bad. Yeah. It's because they still had their like... 2027 memories like which, subconsciously in their heads which is weird because when you when you take that and then you look at the series this season was about teenager well fully grown adults from 2027 in the being, bodies in the body of teenagers. of teenagers but not knowing that but having the it it literally is taking modern day sensibilities and and <laughs> And just, like, the cramming time. them into the 1950s. Yeah, like, I... You don't have to get something from everything that's put out there, but Riverdale always feels like it wants to say something. And I think they feel like they said things, but I think the only thing they said, maybe, is that we are more open-minded now than we were in the 1950s. <laughs> yeah, at the at the end of the day what we learned is that we are more open-minded now. Uh like and, not and even the, and better, best, just the, open-minded. And the best way to move forward is to only remember the good things from the past and not the bad things. But that's that's the end of the season. <laughs> but let's go back to the beginning of the season. Yes. I found and I still find it. I found it jarring that these were grown adults playing teenagers. And we knew they were grown adults. Well, I mean, the, and the only reason I would say that it was jarring, because to be fair, they were grown adults when they were playing teenagers before. The youngest one was KJ Apa. Who, who was, was 19. A, yeah. But if, if, I, if I may, I think the reason that's jarring is because we also saw them play adults. Like, these are the yes. same people. They played teenagers, they became adults, then went back to being teenagers again. And that is very funny <laughs> but they like never made it funny enough for me yeah it never felt like that was part of the bit and it's not like you i give it they didn't have to make it part of the bit but they had to understand that it was jarring for us to see these people who one season ago were full-grown adults go back to teenagers and the only one who really changed was uh was Cole Sprouse who shaved his five o'clock shadow. <laughs> right? Like, Everyone else looks the same. I would even argue dresses the same. Especially Tabitha. Yeah, Tabitha. Not Tabitha. Uh, uh, sorry, Tony. Tony. I meant to say Tony. Yeah. Tony. Cheryl. I was going to say also Cheryl yeah. and Veronica. And Betty, I would say, went back to her teenage look. Yeah. But her teenage look itself was always that she dresses. 1950s like, prestige. Yeah. It's bad. Pastiche. I was going to say like an old person. <laughs> she always kind of dressed like a grandma. And so my struggle too is like they also like didn't do anything with the timeline hijinks or the like the time hijinks. Like Riverdale has always had like um, anachronisms in yeah. the show. Yeah. And we just accept that because it's a weird it's yeah. all times and no times. Yeah. But like Veronica had numerous costumes that were extremely inappropriate. Yeah. Like, she never would have got past the front door of the school most days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and that, like, never came up. 
But they were so actively saying that what they were doing was a 1950s TV show. The anachronisms are gone. Yeah, well, it's just interesting that they essentially decided we only want to – look, we want to critique, thing, criti- critique things about like the 1950s and you know generally the society as a whole. But only the things we're interested in critiquing that doesn't actually impact – us in any way like whoa we don't want to have to dress them in a different way we want to be still dress them as like cool and sexy because mm-hmm. that's what we do however we do want to address the um uh the what would, what would you call it? the uh restrictions that were placed on women at the time but not in a way that's not fun so we're just going to <laughs> ignore veronica but oh betty <laughs> I mean, they, they never even really super addressed even, li- like, something that goes on now, which is like, oh, man, those straps are too thin. Yeah, dress code. Yeah, it's funny that it, uh, that it addressed a lot of things. They did a beauty well, pageant. Well, I, I mean, I think the beauty pageant is a good example of what the behind-the-scenes people think, where they're like, we want to do a beauty a beauty episode. We need to critique it a little bit, but not enough that we don't have to do it. We still want to make sure everyone looks pretty. Like, you know, they're like they're not actually willing to go through with the, any of the yes. <laughs> critiques. You know what's wild, too, thinking about that? Yeah. Because now we know what we know about Ethel. Yeah. It is weird. Like, <laughs> uh, Alice made Ethel win. But only Because after- she was mad at Betty. <sighs> Yeah, no, the, the thing is, is that the only way I can make this season make sense in my head, and excluding that, that weird thing, like the entire Hal thing, and that being revealed that it was that she was her um, half-sister, but it was all very heavily coming from Alice. Yes. Like, there was one scene where where you had Hal be like, you have no idea what she went through. But other than that, he never came off as like a bad the guy. serial killer man we saw before. So it's weird to have the thing at the end be like, yeah, and now Alice, <laughs> Alice is doing great. I'm like, well. She seemed like she had like. Um... So, so she knew that Ethel was her like. Stepdaughter. Yes. Yeah, I guess that's the way you would use that. Um, Was her stepdaughter. And she's supposed to be seen as like sympathetic about that. But she's real mean to Ethel. And and a a hundred percent. She was using Ethel to torture Betty. Constantly. It, it, she, she, it wasn't a secret thing. It was like, actually, the reason I adopted Ethel is because I know blah, blah, blah. No, we saw we saw her. And she I know told we, us. She told us she adopted <laughs> Ethel so that she could make Betty understand that she's a good mom <laughs> who does mom things. Yeah. And I mean, I know you could make the argument, oh, well, we're seeing things from Betty's perspective. But like, yeah, we were seeing things from Betty's perspective. And I don't think anything we saw later countered what we saw there but that's how the show treats alice alice is somehow the most infallible garbage human who has ever garbaged i we'll talk about that when we do the entire season alice will have to be a section when we do next week <laughs> of talk about alice because she's like a a whole thing um the main okay so the overarching thing of the season was bend toward justice or I guess in layman's terms, or more terms, more directed towards this season, be be good in the 1950s. Yeah, make the world a better place than you found it, but only a little bit better because it's the 1950s. 
Like, they still bullied people out of the closet numerous times this season. They and did. And they celebrated it. Yeah, no, they, we, we talked at the beginning of this is a lot of, like, there there's a lot of, it feels like, blaming people that I did. Like, the... It feels like, and especially with that ending we found, when um, Cheryl just came back and, like, bullied Evelyn out of... Oh, yeah. Evelyn also, I, I, I know she did, like, she, she brought the Red Scare to Riverdale. She never did anything I feel like was, like, the worst thing ever for her to get just clowned on as much as she did. But it's so funny because she's an adult. She's an adult who was turned into a teenager just like all of them. <laughs> but she was an adult when they were teenagers. <laughs> yep. She's she was t- wasn't she like twenty seven? I think she was in her thirties. But um, <laughs> uh, but even when like Cheryl came back and she was like, "By the way, I'm also gay with my girlfriend," and the two people were like, "We're also gay," then everybody clapped. Oh yeah, I it, forgot about that. It does feel like there is a reading of this, which is the reason why the 1950s were so bad for gay people was because they just weren't out enough. It's Which is like not, not a not a good thesis. Not a not a fun reading of you know <laughs> all and of like, the, the civil rights stuff in the 1950s. Yeah, not fair to the pioneers and to the people who were not safe to come out of the closet. In fact, not fair to the people who are currently not not safe, safe to come out yeah, of the closet. Like, hey, you should just do it. You're the reason why. Yeah, you're the reason why we don't have rights because people don't know we exist. Well, they. <sighs> yeah, it, it it just feels like a very uh well privileged take. It is well that's the thing. <laughs> when, legit, that's legitimately what it is. When your daddy is the mayor of the town. Now, to be fair, her daddy would kill her. Yeah, this is true. I well, more of it's just that they th- their privilege was being main characters in a TV series where nothing bad will happen to them. The worst thing that happened is their names got put on a list, but then Cheryl refused to validate the list, so then yeah. the list went no. nowhere. Well, now, admittedly, if that list had gone through, a lot worse things would happen. They never explained what would yeah, happen. Yeah, I was going to say, Kevin, what would happen if Cheryl validated the list? Oh, who knows? Because they would not say... <laughs> I don't know something, Do but think- but not but but not something bad enough that it's perfectly reasonable if Cheryl did decide to. Because everything tell Cheryl Blossom does will always be right. Yeah. Yes. 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 It is. Um. Okay. So that so we had that. That's the overarching arc. Um. When we look at our individual characters and we look at our primary four, Veronica's was learning to. Well, okay. No, she had the thing with her parents. Yes. In the so middle. Veronica's but, thing well, was... Well, she started. She started as a... Rich girl liar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she did lie about why she was there. Yeah. But unfortunately, nothing else. This is unfortunate. Then she finished as rich girl, not liar, <laughs> makes movies. Yeah. So in the middle, she... So she came to Riverdale and she was like... She was sent there because she partied too hard. Yes, she was too near Rock Hudson when he died. Not Rock Hudson. <laughs> That's right, James Dean. <laughs> there you go. Rock Hudson died in the 80s of AIDS and it was very sad. Not not Rock Hudson. I don't know why that name popped up. But um, that's how she started. She started as that. She came in. She tried to convince everyone, actually, I'm here to explore a role. Um, I'm going to be in our town. But, yeah, but that's mostly just her, you know, trying to, like, 
cover that she was sent here for partying too hard. Um, and then she realized she didn't want to be a party girl. She wanted to be a business girl when she bought that movie theater despite her dad. Well, no, she was sent to work at the movie theater. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was sent to work at the movie theater and she was sent to work at the movie theater so her parents could then buy it. She, yes. was sent, she was sent to work there with her parents' knowledge that she would fall in love with it and then they would buy it and destroy it and turn it into a parking lot. I guess to punish her because they are psychopaths. This is on brand for the lodges. Apparently. Um, now. So then she bought the movie theater and then she realized she loved being a business girl. Yeah. And yeah, then she was a was, girl boss. Yeah, I guess that was her story and her dad was bad she overcame but her mom was good <laughs> even though i argue <laughs> <laughs> that's not true yeah because uh, they're most what she talked to the most um yeah i think she also lived in her uh movie theater I, no for a i'm while. thinking about i'm thinking about like character wise because her her beating her parents wasn't was just her winning so, so i do i do think her arc was Vapid party girl becomes business girl. The, the thing is that, but the that, thing is, we already saw her become a business girl. No, I mean, I, my argument would be: I think at the beginning of the series, we did not see vapid party girl. She she pivoted to like being well adjusted very fast, like off screen essentially. Like like her already being sent here was what readjusted her. And like I don't, I know we're going to talk about the entire show. But I think it is pertinent that I bring up season one. Yeah. Because in season one, she did do Vapid Party Girl for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, she ordered cupcakes from Magnolia Bakery in New York for Betty because she upset Betty. Yeah. And she stole her mom's credit card and they went to that club. Yeah, no. Like, that, that was Vapid Party Girl. Yeah, that one, they they did that pretty well. This one, like, she, she more came off as a bit lazy. What was the thing that prompted her parents to, that might have been a party. What, what prompted her, her parents to get her job? I think it was... Um, oh, no. It was because Betty... No. It was because Betty stripped for Archie. And oh, they learned yes. that they got it from... From the yeah, from Veronica. From Veronica. The, the, like, the... She gave her, like, a magazine of... Or, or gave her the undergarments. Yeah, she gave her the lingerie. She gave her the lingerie. So, like, that's not really vapid party girl stuff. No, not at all. That's, like, self-empowered. I think that's why her thing feels so weird. Because she didn't feel like she actually changed. She Like, the big, the big, her big thing was you decided, I'm going to be a movie producer. A thing that I guess. She's always wanted. I would, I would argue that for this season. Yes. Yeah. For this season, that makes sense. Yeah. Veronica she, of the 1950s loves movies. We learned that she's a movie person. Her going from that to being a movie producer, it, it makes sense as an arc. But that's why, going back to our thesis of this of our episode, <laughs> we didn't get a finale to Riverdale. Yeah, we, got we got a finale it. to season seven. Uh, Jughead probably has the most... Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he, he started as, like, I don't really have anything. My dad ran away because he was accused for a crime. I live and, in a train car. Yep, I'm I'm really connected to comics and a bit to movies. Depending um, on what the episode requires from me. Yes. Um, and that's, that's and, kind and of... And then he found a direction. Yeah. Like, he sort... Okay, I would say that Jughead's arc was he turned from a boy into a man. Yeah, he had a coming-of-age thing. And his, yeah. And it was comic book. Him, him falling into investigating these mysteries felt overall quite um, 
uh, natural. Like, yeah. it, it didn't feel like he, it was anything. He wasn't even, like, a mystery-solving guy. No, they just gave him a good personal connection. Yeah, first first Ethel and then just comic books in general and him being like, this is how I save the comics I care about. And yeah, and then Brad Rayberry, his idol. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to – I man, I feel like Brad Rayberry also was kind of a – a nothing even though a very big thing his his connection to everything that was going on felt very flimsy yeah oh absolutely jughead was in his own show yeah and then um, and sometimes people visited him yeah and then also ethel just like killing the milkman and that being the it. end I, I thought there was gonna be like another milkman yes because he because number one he also um, Clifford had so many costumes. Yeah, how hard would it have been for have... him to give another one to a different man? Yeah, he would have had a fleet of milkman assassins. That would have that would have shown, that would have shown a lot more like weird conspiratorial stuff instead of just being like. Also, he had one guy dressed like a milkman to kill people. <laughs> Why? Why? Impo- impossible to say. Maybe he got it from a comic. Maybe the comic got it from him. Okay, but the milkman killed. Ethel's yes. parents, who yes. were too close to revealing the truth. Yes. That's fine. Yeah. Brad Rayberry. Oh, I mean, it's specifically killed because the dad was trying to sell the palladium. Oh, right. Which would bring undue attention, I guess, to. Yes. Then kill Brad Rayberry. Because he was going to get the U.S. Senate involved. For comic books? Because that was because, because people were wrestling Jughead? Well, yeah, that was just because they were going to kick Jughead out of school because he was drawing comics. And Brad Rayberry was like, no, I'll get the Supreme Court. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're going to get dead. Yeah, I guess Brad so. Yeah, Brad Rayberry didn't even know anything about, I mean, he they, worked at the plant. They, their, their argument was that he might have known something because he wrote a comic about a palladium bomb. So maybe oh. that meant that he knew something. That's right, the P bomb. I forgot about the P bomb. Yes, and okay. Um, okay, and so then because we're, because we're in, oh yeah, who else did? Then he scared Betty and Archie when they were going to make out in Ethel's house. I guess that was just him going back to the house to check on how things were. <laughs> it's unclear why that was happening. And then he tried to kill Ethel. Yes, and then and but she killed him first. Yes, and that was it. That's the end of the milkman. This is the worst serial killer this show's ever had. And we I mean, had Charles. I mean, he was an assassin. <laughs> That's true. He was an assassin. The Because we're in Jughead's story, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the whole, like, bomb and that thing. Um, it doesn't make sense. Not, like, yes, we understand that the, the whole <laughs> Palladium bomb doesn't make sense. They use Palladium because that's what they have. Yeah, that's because this town with. is about Palladium now, and it always has no, been. always has been. There's it, always been Palladium I mean, in Riverdale. I mean, at this point, it's been about three years, so it's, it's established. It's not a majority of the series, <laughs> but it's enough, I guess. What's it, the, the government where it's, like, a majority minority? <laughs> what? Okay, so you know it's a minority. It's a mi- no, it's a minority. It's just a minority government. Yeah, yeah, it's a minority government and majority government. Okay. Yeah, there's no no fun. I name. know about politics. Yeah. I just want a fun name. Yeah, just just a minority. So the, but the the one thing that like throws so much of all this stuff into um uh, disarray. disarray is the fact that Clifford was building the bomb for the American government. But he was secretly building it for the Russians. But he was building it for the Amer- – there was an American guard. Yeah. He was building it for – the American government knew he was building the bomb. And the problem is, to yeah. build on what you, I think you're saying, yeah. 
Cheryl and Jughead did not produce any proof that he was selling it to the Russians. The only proof they had was that he spoke Russian. Well, and like we can like maybe we could make some assumptions and people might be like, oh, you could just assume that they also gave him evidence of that. But like what they were very dramatically showing us in that like reveal was like, my God, Jughead's standing next to a bomb. And I'm like, yeah, because he's building a bomb like everyone knows he's building a bomb. Okay, I want to say something. This <laughs> show is so dumb. Yeah. The show is so dumb. I would have like completely bought in on this nonsense if they had painted a Russian flag on the side of the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, ah, Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> you scamps. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, that, that it, clearly means it's actually for the Russians. Like, that's stupid. But I would have been like, yeah. At least it was something. It was so, like, the him... Him using the milkman to kill the two people who would know about the palladium ma- makes no sense unless if, unless, every- unless if we want to also assume that the American government authorized that. But that is not where we ended up. We didn't end up with like, and unfortunately, all the people in Washington who knew about his murders, like they just got away scot-free. They scot just kept free, quiet. Which, I mean, they could have done that. But instead, it seems like despite the fact that he was – openly not openly but he was building a bomb for the american government that does not mean he that doesn't mean he should send assassins i mean the american government could send assassins but he seemed to send them personally yeah well he's the one who had the milkman uniforms i think <laughs> you know maybe the milkman uniforms is what they made the american government be like oh no oh, oh, oh. we got cut ties with this man this man's insane oh we made a bad choice we can't we, we can't have this guy doing things he's <laughs> clearly a madman <laughs> it's honestly even if they had just had it that he was secretly building a bomb for the russians and that's it. And the American like, government the just American government's not involved. Like, like not involved at all. And it's all Russians. And it's just <laughs> that he's secretly building a bomb for the Russians. I would be like, what? But at least that would make all the other stuff yeah. make sense. It's dumb, but it would make sense. The other options, I guess you could have, you needed to have um, Ethel's dad, um, Bray, 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 Yep. Yep. Um, and I guess that guy who wandered off. And uh, who was like ra- irradiated? Oh, right, the melting man. The melting man. I guess you. I mean, the melting man. Yeah, he. he yeah, but um, I feel like then you would have had to have at least the first two. They would have had to realize that he was specifically had ties to Russia. Wait. Not that he was building a bomb. That he had ties to Russia. Is the problem with Clifford Blossom not that he was building a bomb for Russia, but that his bomb building was making people sick? Was that the problem? Was no. that what he was trying to keep secret? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, because the really that that guy who got got sick, like they were just going to put him to the hospital, but he got out of the hospital, and that's why he was shot. Though I don't, I'm not entirely sure that the sheriff knew that case. I think he did think he was just a weird <laughs> yeah. leper. I think Sheriff Keller thought it was a melting the, man the, and panic. The fact that Sheriff Keller didn't see any repercussions makes me feel like we are supposed to look at him as just like a guy who's like i'm just doing what the mayor says sheriff keller is continually just a sweet idiot on the show <laughs> yeah because i do think he literally was like oh the milkman was just like some some transient dude that's what the mayor said and yeah, i trust the mayor I believe him. he was doing investigations on his own what a good <laughs> mayor we have what a what a fine mayor that we have for our town <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um well, I guess let's check in with Betty. Betty's 
arc was a woman a girl becoming a woman i mean her she had a coming of age self-empowerment yeah i mean hers probably was the most if you want to look at like someone going from i mean her her arc was breaking through the oppressive structures of the 1950s um so, not not overcoming them because i don't believe she was ever, not sorry, not I mean, I yeah, she, she didn't she, change them but she changed them for herself no i was gonna argue that she that not breaking herself out of them like her mind was cued by that because she oh, was yeah. never on the side but overcoming them yeah and figuring out a way to yeah. live in this oppressive society that like sustains and empowers her yeah and and it seems that she had a ripple effect like it does seem yeah. like what betty did had an impact on other people. Yeah, because, like, you you could make an argument that I think what they thought they were doing with Alice was Alice was the one who was, like, I'm I'm, I'm bought into the... Um, uh, the, the oppressive structures. Yeah, yeah, I agree with them on this, and, oh, no, I've learned to actually not be on this side, but that's not, not her story. But nope. it feels like that's kind of what maybe I, they thought they were doing with her. You know, I'm going to have a hot take here. Sure. I don't think we need so many stories about rehabbing villains. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it, it, not every bad person will become a good person. Now, I would now the problem with this show is that it always does it poorly. Okay, and to be fair, now I'm thinking about the OC. Yeah. And like Julie Cooper Nichols is a bad person yeah. and a bad mom. Yeah. But she's a person we understand. Yeah, and like we we know why she does the bad things, and and I would argue that, that like her, like her coming out pretty okay is fine because specifically because when we everything we saw from her was well done and we felt like we understood and it all felt right. And she seemed like someone who tried to do good things, yeah, and failed at it. I mean, she's someone who does care for her daughter in a very an, much, yeah. Um, Alice, on the other hand, does seem to just do things that feel very spiteful and mean. To a child. Yeah. I mean, just going from this season, we've mentioned this a lot in the last episode. I think at the beginning of this episode as well. But just be, <laughs> Alice, the specific thing that happened to you does not warrant the terrible things you've done to other people. You... Okay, she, so her husband had an affair and got someone pregnant. Yes. So she practiced psychological torture on both of her daughters. Yes, she psycho- she um she psychologically tortured both of her daughters. Um, which y- yes, I understand. Hurt people, hurt people. But she also um sent Midge off to the abuse nuns. Yep. She, she sent Ethel to the abuse nuns. She refused to, I don't know, do anything about racism. <laughs> She actively fought for racism. She actively fought for racism. Uh, she, I mean, in the in the actual, like, beauty pageant itself, she just spitefully decided to give the, the award to, I guess, Hal's daughter. Because she was mad at Hal's other daughter. Yeah, I'm not saying that's, like, the biggest thing that, that she's ever done. But, like, he... Did she think that was the reason why he was like, well, we should give it to her? It's like, uh, all right, fine, then I guess we will do it. Yeah, it's, it's Alice's motivations are impossible to understand. And that's and that's just 
that's just 1950s Alice. Like, I feel so bad for the poor actress playing this role. Like, <laughs> Madden mean, Amichik tries. Oh, boy, does she try. Yeah, I mean, everyone uh, tries. Uh, <laughs> this show does have a lot of really good actors yeah. on it. Uh, and then Archie. Archie. Um, Archie it's, I mean, loves his, poems. I mean, uh, yeah, his, his thing was kind of... His thing kind of mirrored Betty in the fact is him like breaking through the um, constrictions of 1950s manhood. I would argue with him, he actually changed his own thoughts with that. Like, he did change his own like, thoughts. Like, like, like yeah. he was someone who was bought into it and then was able to get out thanks to, I guess, his poetry teacher was probably the biggest one, Mrs. T. Can I pitch something? Yeah, sure. What if this season was not about Archie having a dead dad? <laughs> what if his dad was Frank? Like, yeah. Tabitha changed a lot of things. What if his dad was just Frank? And he just had to, like, fight against, like, a very traditional mom and dad who have, like, very traditional roles. Yeah. And Mary, like, got her power throughout the season. I mean, th- yeah, I would... That I mean, yeah, that would have been a, a perfectly nice story with this. Because then you didn't have that weird thing where we had to be like, why is Frank here? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it felt that way any episode Frank has ever been in. Like, except for maybe the first one. <laughs> like, like I understood the idea is, is like, oh, well, it's the 1950s. This house needed a, needed a man of the house. And that's why he was there. And that's the thing. I'm like, <laughs> But they also didn't feel like they leaned into that too much. Because once he was done, they were just sort of like, leave. And he well, was like, okay, I guess I'll go be gay with my boyfriend. Especially <laughs> when Alice was, or not Alice, um, Molly Ringwald Andrews was like, wait a second. I'm the man of the house. <laughs> I pay the mortgage. I, I have the job. I mean, her arc was just sleepwalking and periodically <laughs> waking up and being like, hold on a second. What is happening in the 1950s? Like that entire episode where she's like, well, Archie, you had sex with Veronica, which means you have to marry her. Cheryl. Cheryl. You had, had, you had Cheryl. sex with Cheryl, which I guess means you have to marry her. I I cannot believe that episode did not have any point in it where Cheryl was, where they thought Cheryl was pregnant. They were just they were just like you guys had sex you have to get, and I know the 1950s but that cannot be an excuse it for this. Be, it cannot be you had sex so now you have to get teen married. <laughs> it has to be a pregnant and Cheryl could have lied about a pregnancy. Yeah. Like, Cheryl Blossom would lie about a pregnancy. Yeah, I'm sure there is something in there that would that would have made that work but like <laughs> Even if that's a thing you could pull up and be like, well, actually, when you look at, like, stories from the time, there were things like that. Because I don't think they were, like, I know things were repressive those decades. I don't think it was the point where it was, like, medieval. You have taken her purity, and so now you must be beholden to her. And, like, also, (laughs) the Molly Ringwald Andrews we saw, like, 50% of time in this season would never have taken the Blossoms at their word. Like, yeah. I cannot believe they didn't give her a scene where she was like, Archie, just tell me what happened. No, because she was... And then was... he lied through his teeth. No, because she was sleepwalking. She was asleep at that point. She had not woken up. She had not the... had her morning coffee. And then at the end of the episode, she was like, whoa. Don't tell me my son slept with someone until I've had my coffee. <laughs> this now is, that is a weirdly specific mug she has. <laughs> oh, God, I want that mug now. It's a bad mug. We need some merch. 
<laughs> it's the end of our show. <laughs> yeah, that's how we do it. That's how we do merch. Uh, I'm going to quickly run through here how where every character left off. Okay. The ones that we care about for the most part. There's a character I care about who wasn't in this season. Well, then we'll get some at the end. Okay. Um, so, Archie ended. Yep. Construction worker and writer. Because almost all of them became writers. In California, because in California. Archie doesn't care about Riverdale in the 1950s. Yeah. Maybe the thesis is Archie shouldn't have ever cared about Riverdale as much as he did. Yeah, that that was one of the most striking things that we did not get a finale for the rest of the the series because yeah. remember his thing was I do I must save Riverdale. Riverdale is the heart of this, and we'll get to Riverdale. Oh yeah, we will talk um, about this. Jughead became a comic magazine writer. Yeah, never married. <laughs> never sad married. about it. Yeah, because uh, he wanted to marry Betty. Veronica. Became a movie producer. And as we agreed, just used her knowledge of future films to make those films. 100%. And I am here for that. Good. I want that show. Yeah, at least somebody, you know, is using their future their, knowledge. Their future knowledge. Uh, Betty became a writer. So, I mean, you can make an argument <laughs> that all four of them became writers. It's true. She's a writer, a columnist for a feminist magazine. She created the feminist magazine. She, yes. She was. Uh, she's a writer, a columnist. She created the feminist magazine. Um, also, she, never married. But she cool adopted. But she adopted a child. Yes. Yes. And somehow lived longer than everyone else. To die at the ancient age of eighty six. When when Jughead died one week <laughs> earlier at eighty four. <laughs> Again, show eighty six is not old enough. She needs to be like 104. The, I'm no, sorry. No, to be clear, 86 is not old enough for her to be the last living one of her friends. Yeah. People do obviously die at 86 like all yeah, the time. Lots of people, but, but but to be like I am the last living of my friend, especially when you have like Veronica who was probably a rich movie producer, there's mm-hmm. no way she died that early she would have had insane secret medicine exactly. to keep her alive let's be real 80 year old veronica is definitely friends with gwyneth paltrow and definitely has all those goop secrets yeah yeah uh which is maybe that's why she died oh maybe reggie became a basketball player a and very a, famous basketball player. Yep. And then he went back to Riverdale to coach, which was just funny because as of the, the episode before, it was like the first person to leave Riverdale. But then it's like everyone, like Love. Reggie just kind of, sort of came back without any fanfare. Well, Reggie also is not from Riverdale. From so Duck it is Creek. wild that he was like, I should go to my hometown. <laughs> yeah, but he went to high school here because he was paid to. High school for two years. Yep. Uh, yeah, he was a basketball player. And then his kids started Mantle Motors. Yeah. So is Reggie his own ancestor? I mean, no, because no, time is its own thing. Um, Fangs is Buddy Holly slash Rishi Valens. He just died at 18. Sad. That's Sad. bad. Yeah. We'll get to that. But um, Midge was taken care of forever. Her and her child. Yeah. Rich forever. Yeah. Um, Kevin was an off-Broadway uh, owner of a theater company. Yep. Very good. Uh, Clay was a literature professor. Very good. Very good. And Gr- then they both lived to old age and died. Yeah. Not not over 86, though. <laughs> not the oldest <laughs> not of the age. the oldest of age. Just a medium old age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cheryl was a painter, 
Which I'm like, yeah, I guess, once again, season five is as old as Palladium is. And Cheryl is very, very wealthy. So that means she doesn't have to have a job. Yeah, the amount of... Yeah, it's... I guess she just got the wealth from her spy parents. Well, there has to that be that wasn't like, seized by the government. No, no, there has to be like oh, ancestral Rose. blossom wealth. I guess I was going to think Rose. If well, Rose died many times. Yes, Ro- I guess Rose had the the money. I guess because she was still alive, it wasn't like all house. Yeah, yeah. Um, because of that, we both have Painter. We started in season five and Palladium in season five. Maybe we should have looked at season five more as also another soft reboot, which means the show has had three different iterations. It's had the oh, it's yeah. had the high school, the post high school, and then the high school, and then high school again. And I... you could even argue that six when they everyone gave magic powers. <laughs> but it, yeah. Um, yeah, Hal is divorced but alive. Maybe Hal's still alive to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Betty Betty died, but her dad is <laughs> still there. On. Um Alice won everything. She land she landed a plane and married a rich man. But before that, she got to achieve her dream of being a flight attendant. Despite the fact that she owns a TV studio. It is like, funny. It's funny. I would argue that I mean, I, I think maybe we should look at that, that Hal owned the TV studio. But they kept on saying it's both of them. Yeah, and she was. But that the wasn't her driving dream. force. It wasn't her dream. Her it dream was to be a flight attendant. So yeah. she did that. And then she landed a plane and married a rich man. And she... then they traveled until one day the letters stopped coming. Because she died. If if <laughs> maybe if so, she didn't die. If though. someone watches the show and they watch season one, and I say, "Hey, do you know how this how this character ends? You know this terrible character. I mean, season four when she starts just like stealing things." Um, hey, you know how this character ends? Um, she becomes a flight stewardess in the 60s where she heroically <laughs> lands. A, I mean, you don't have to say the in the 60s thing. Yeah. She became a flight stewardess and then she heroically landed a plane and then she married a rich man and was kept and was uh, a kept woman. It was a kept woman for the rest of her life. And you're like, really? It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she learned anything. They said she did, but I don't think uh, she did. Alice never learns anything. Yeah. Um, Charles wiped from existence. Yep. They did have a other child, a yeah. half child. Yeah, but it's not him. <laughs> no, yeah, Ethel, uh, re- rewritten to be, <laughs> rewritten to be Betty's sister. Not allowed in her heaven. That's right. She's not there. <laughs> Man, I but, mean, I, I know it's probably just because the actress had something else to do. Maybe Ethel was still alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Betty wasn't counting <laughs> Ethel. <laughs> yeah, just Ethel and Benjamin Button. Uh. Baby Anthony wiped from existence, Truth. but in the memory of his parents. Well, did they choose to remember him? Was Baby was he Anthony a good... a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> or was it too confusing for them that they had a baby who then became a grown man who helped them physically fight a magic man? They were just like, no, that's got to go. I like how they had a child. Like, uh, the child was a very big thing. The child was a huge part of last season. They're just like, it doesn't exist anymore. Wasn't the child the savior of Riverdale? Yeah, that's why they had to accelerate him. Because he couldn't be killed by... Oh, because he couldn't be killed by the magic man. Though I don't... Yeah, I don't know why. Um, reasons. J- Jason, also similarly wiped from existence. Except, <laughs> except for he was in heaven. He was in Betty's heaven. So he was... He remained dead? Oh, I guess. oh, he is specifically in Betty's heaven because yeah. Betty chose to remember everything, even the bad things. <laughs> just... No one else remembers Jason except for Betty 
And Jughead. Yeah. Um, okay. I I want to talk about very quickly. I want to focus on one of those. Or what's one of those characters you were talking about? No. Which one was it that you want to? Moose. I want Moose. Oh yeah. I'm Moose. so mad Moose wasn't in this. I'm assuming Moose is is off happy somewhere. Yeah. I hope that in the 1950s he felt comfortable being his truest bisexual self. I mean, probably and not. He found but someone. <laughs> but you know what? Maybe he found a lovely girl, and he was like, you know what? I probably would have picked you even if I did date boys. Yeah. And then they had a great life together because he didn't have to live in this stupid, dumb town. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe his dad never tried to kill him. Yeah. Um, I want to focus on one specific character among those. I want to focus on the fangs of it all. Um, fangs became a main character at some point in this series. Yeah, at, I honestly cannot pinpoint the moment he did. At a certain point, he became the only serpent left. Yeah. He, yeah, he was, you know, he was, uh, there was a thruple sequence there, and then he was. Uh, then, then he dated Kevin? Then, well, no, that was Kevin. It was Fangs, Kevin, and Tony. Oh, that thruple. That thruple. Oh, that's right, because the other thruple had Sweet Pea when Tony tried to sleep with people during. No, that was a threesome. I wouldn't say they were a thruple because they did not have an ongoing relationship. They just wanted to have a threesome. Also, she ran away from it. She so. Also, she they did not end up having a threesome. But Fangs and Kevin also did it in high school, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. They did yeah. it in high school. And then they were going to have a kid, and then Tony was surrogate for their kid. But she was also in a relationship with Also them. was vi- very obviously in a relationship with them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why that's why he called them the thruple. And then uh, and Kevin then, freaked out. Yeah. Then Kevin left, and Fangs and Tony essentially became uh, daddy and mummy serpent, and that and was whole thing. things were complicated because Fangs was very I'm not getting into this because that's the entire season. I'm, I just want yeah. to talk no, about No, I'm just trying f- to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fangs, but Fangs essentially became a main character. And Frank, Fangs was a, a trucker? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fangs, the, the point is, is that by the time we reached season season seven, Fangs was essentially a sort of a main character. Like, not a main, main character, but he was around. And his he was arc- more of a main character than Josie ever was. Um. Yeah, I think he was maybe on par with season one. Melody. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so he, that was his thing. And, you know, he had stuff. He never really had a full lot going on. Mostly he was dad. When we got got the majority, when we got full-blown fangs, um, like, because when we first got got him, he was serpent. He was another one of the serpents. Yeah. When we got full-blown fangs, his thing was dad. Dad serpent. Yeah, yeah. And he interacted with the main characters but he did serve their storylines yes. he had his own like hopes and dreams yeah no him, him and tony were pretty much a pair but yeah. um in this he's he is was demoted yeah he his thing is that he is a rock star this is his thing he uh, um he uh wants to marry his girlfriend midge midge who he did date in season two so yes, accurate be a uh you know be a be a rock star uh, and then his his ending was he essentially got, as I keep saying, Buddy Holly to Richie yeah, Valens. So he, he got, got a rock star ending. Yeah. Here's the thing I want to argue. He got the worst ending. His life dramatically Be- changed for the worse. And I, I'm not even going to say like in like in the, the idea that like, oh, he died at a young age. But the thing is like, so he died at a young age to give him the rock star ending. We have known the character Fangs for seven years and at no point did was it seem like oh this is a guy who like gets the rock star ending you know like, who the- actually should have had the storyline and actually should have died at 18 mm-hmm. archie 
Like, if we're going for season one, what we know about season one, he was Music Boy. Yeah, maybe. The 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 point I want I want. But Archie is the closest we have, anyway. Well, yeah, I think I think honestly, none of them were set up for um for Young Death, um because the idea is that, and when it was presented, the idea is we would have this like melancholy, like oh, I mean, he died, but he He died doing what, but he he achieved it. I'm like, yeah, but like he did, but that wasn't. Really, no, fangs. He, he doesn't want. He, he never played he, an instrument. He, no, yeah, that was never a thing about him. He got time shifted into this body by an angel, and then given like or like I don't know where I don't know where his rock star thing came from. I don't know if it's a thing that Tabitha invested, like invented, like, in, like put into him, or if just by being in the 1950s or because he, he had that like greaser styling. Yeah, so he like felt like I like. I ne- it doesn't feel good to have that be his ending when that's not like the character well, and like, we were in, in tra- it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like if you looked at Fangs across all seven mm-hmm. seven seasons he would be happy with that. Well, and like he was never even in the musicals, I don't think. Wasn't he like I think he might have everyone like, sang. But he was he oh, he never had an acting role. Like he was always like the assistant stage manager or helping with the videos or that does feel right. Yeah, like he w- he was never even in a song. Yeah, so like it it's just because they gave him such such a most quintessential character trope ending, but he didn't he didn't fit that when you look at the overall scheme of the character over seven seasons, which this is supposed to be the finale of all seven seasons. Yeah, it's not just season seven show. So, so despite the fact that Reggie is a different person, Fangs, I would say, has the ending that most infuriates me. Well, because Reggie is a different person, but he had, like, a happy, great life. Well, and not only that, like, his thing... Yes, I mean, that is definitely the the main thing about it. Like, if Fangs had done this, then he would also had, like, even a mediocre life, I'd be like, yeah, okay. But in, in his past life, he grew up to have a child with, with someone With a woman who, he loved. With, yeah, with someone that he loved, and he, like, you know, he went through some stuff, but, like, he was having time. And in this one, he's... Something we've never even known about him. And he dies at 18 and we're supposed to be like. But he achieved his dreams. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Obviously sad ending. We do know that um, also Sheriff Keller and uh, Frank, Frank get stabbed by Chick, who I guess he gets to exist. Yeah. Okay. So Charles. Fake Charles. From existence. But fake Charles, he's here <laughs> yeah, to play. Yeah. Fake Charles gets to still exist. Like, like. Don't get me wrong. Like, like, I know sad endings, but his felt so unne- – it felt – the reason it felt unnecessary is because it is so stereotypical. It is the trope. He is a rock star, so he dies at 18, which it feels uncomfortable. And it, I feel like it also kind of feels yucky. Yeah. Because he is the only main character yeah. who has a bad ending. Yeah. Like so, everyone so, else achieves their hopes and dreams we, and has long lives to the age of 84 which, minus whatever. Which makes me feel like we're not supposed to see his ending as like, we're supposed to see as melancholic, not necessarily bad. Yeah. Well, because the only other bad ending, the only other bad ending yeah. is for Sheriff Keller and Frank. Yeah. Who who you could argue were like villains this season. So you could, so you could be like, oh, well, it's unfortunate that happened to them. And maybe you could argue that going they went the route of uh, Stand By Me, where it's like, and this guy was stabbed in a line at a bank. But that had meaning. 
I also like I kind of feel like they're doing like a bury your gaze trope there. I mean, <laughs> I most, mean most of their gays did stay alive. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say so, considering how every character in this ended up being gay in some way. Oh, so, that's like, a, true. So, a, so, a, so they actually ended the series with more gay people than they started it with. Yeah, you know what? You were right. They did the opposite. They actually, actually, they did do the opposite. They did, they did pull up some gay. Good. They did revive some. Uh, um, I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah you're right. Um, everyone at the end of the show, everyone is is queer. Yeah. Except for Alice. You might have noticed that there's also another character who um, didn't get mentioned in that because I feel like th- um, he was boy just kind of a nothing, and that is Julian. I th- I the I, I the only reason I can imagine that it's Julian is. Because the actor for Jason's not a good actor. I agree. Because I think the actor for Jason is a model. Because he was there. Like, the fact that he was there in the finale means it's not like... It's not bad blood. I mean, mean, it it could have also been that he, I guess, had something else going on. But, I mean, this would have been a pretty sweet deal. To actually be a character for an entire season. Yeah, instead of just, like, one episode. And that episode, he didn't get much, so... Don't get me wrong, audience. The actor who plays Julian truly does a phenomenal job. Oh, he does. No, no. I, Julian is great, a delight, but he's he's nothing. Like here. Oh, he did get a bad death. He or a bad. Oh, no, no, ending. no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he did. He, yeah. No, okay. I'm not saying he did. I forgot about him. Well, no, exactly. That's why I want. That's <laughs> yeah. why I didn't mention him, and I'm bringing him, him up now because he is a nothing. He was there because they because I guess they wanted a Reggie type, but not have it be Reggie. He's Reggie. He is Reggie. He's he comic does, book Reggie. He does hijinks. Yeah. He does goofs yeah he is against archie because he and archie want the same girls yes he is rich yeah he he is rich and i and so they just made up a new character to be reggie because they just didn't want reggie to be reggie it's like they didn't know how to make a reggie sympathetic but i would argue that julian well sucking is sympathetic yeah like if if they had given him a bit more time i'm like don't get me wrong he did in he did, he did terrible teen stuff. Oh, yeah. But he did terrible teen stuff. Yeah. He didn't do terrible human stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, Evelyn called in the Red Scare, but I could... <laughs> it's funny how I'm like, I could almost believe that as teen stuff. She doesn't understand the concept of like, oh, well, if I out this, then, you know... The I'll bad bring, things will happen. <laughs> I'll bring the Red Scare to Riverdale. She's just like... <laughs> but it's funny that... It's funny that the people who I believe are the worst villains... Alice um, gets off nicer than than Julian, than Julian, or even Evelyn. Evelyn doesn't even get a mention as what happened to her. That's true. She just gets kicked off the. Did she you just gets, go to the team by Cheryl coming back and being like, "Actually, you're out of here. I'm in charge of the team because I'm gay, and, and other people are gay too." <laughs> 1950s. And I guess like are supposed to be like, "Oh yes," but Evelyn's also probably homophobic and i believe with this show just give her a couple more episodes and she would also be gay oh i mean she she has a crush on cheryl or something like that you guys this is riverdale everyone's queer yeah and (laughs) that's cool on a better show (laughs) the reason that the reason that frank was mean was because he was gay i mean because he was hiding that he was gay (sighs) yeah 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 uh but as we hit the end of this i think it's time to wrap it up with a talk of the town itself riverdale because as we began as we began this season they needed 
there was still the Comet. The Stock Comet was still coming down on Riverdale. And what they needed was they needed enough uh, run-up time to, I guess, bend toward justice and make Riverdale a better place, which would somehow make the Comet not... Not hit, hit Riverdale. Even though all they needed was to pull Hiram back to time so he wouldn't set up a bomb that would cause magic to appear. And the Comet would either come in two years or it's normal time frame and it's not relevant to this discussion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, that was the point, was we can save Riverdale. And then we go back to Riverdale in 2023. So actually <laughs> four years before... The they, time skip. Yeah. And Riverdale is abandoned. It's a ghost. It, Why? It's a ghost town. Riverdale is a ghost town. Why? Everyone everyone left Riverdale. And everyone left Riverdale. Which I guess they did imply that at the end of the penultimate episode. When they said Ethel was the first to leave. But eventually the rest of us would. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but I didn't know that. No, that's but Reggie came back. Reggie, yeah. Yeah. Reggie died in Riverdale. And also Archie's buried in Riverdale. Like... They all kind of came back to Riverdale at some point. Molly Ringwald Andrews bought her dress shop and yes. married a woman yes. and stayed in Riverdale. Yeah, so, and then I guess they all died and just nobody came in to replace them. Oh, I know why. Um, so what happened is that Tabitha <laughs> had to, sh when she shifted the town back, she literally shifted the town back. There was no new ta new people to fill up this town. Oh, it's like Sims. Yeah. Yeah. Like eventually you run out of characters. Well they well they just just they just took those people and just like, pushed them back and then when we got to this town they're like, Oh, there's no people here because they're all back. Everyone died. I guess that's the way it works. It's just this is what I mean by this is a finale. At the, the the thesis of our of our episode, this is a finale for season seven, not for the entire series, because they did the R Town ending. They okay, guys. If you don't know our town, <laughs> Betty literally says the final speech from our town, just with Riverdale words, not Thornton Wilder words. It is insane. How is this that? show does unhinged things? How but this is, is like the most unhinged thing they've ever done. I guess they got away with that by saying that it's a quote, even though there's nowhere in the show that implies it's a quote. I didn't re I even I did not recognize that as the final speech from our town because i don't have that memorized yeah um but you never wanted to play emily but i that, did how is that not plagiarism i mean they changed the words instead of saying goodbye to clocks ticking and mama's i i don't remember the exact words but instead of saying the exact words yeah they changed it to be riverdale things yeah and then you can say it's homage Okay. But there are but, but, there are lines. There are lines in the final episode that Emily says to people. But the, the but the problem is that this is not a show about plays. And this is also not a show about a town. Yeah. I don't think well, because no, the it, town it was stops a, when they die. It was a show about a town. It it was a show about the name of the show is Riverdale. And Jughead says, I think in his first voiceover that this is about a town, yeah. a town with Pep. No, no, we we it, it's never been in doubt that this is about Riverdale. The entire not anymore. the entire premise of season 6 was saving Riverdale. Was Pop Tate's needs to stand because the soul of Riverdale and Riverdale needs to stand blah blah blah, blah and all those things. Um, and then they end with just Riverdale being kind of abandoned. And don't get me wrong, that could be a fun ending for with they sent to them maybe figuring out, oh, it's not about the town. Riverdale's about, in our hearts. <laughs> but it just kind of like comes in. But no, Riverdale's not in their hearts because they all died. Everyone's dead, and now Riverdale is dead. Oh, that's the analogy, but it's a dumb analogy, and I hate it. <laughs> 
Just show us the places and show us the places being empty this, because the people we know aren't in those this, places. This this series is at its core not very uh, hopeful about the future. No, it sure the, isn't. The, for for a show that is like very very progressive in many ways, it is very conservative in a lot of its like mentalities. And the the main villain of season six was any form of progress, which they showed as a bad thing. Constantly, builders are always bad people. Anybody who wants to change Riverdale is, is a bad. bad person. And this then last... this episode kind of proves that if you don't change or evolve, you die. Well, I, but 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 that's they good. But that's think good. They did that? That's oh good. yeah, you should die. Be, well, no, it, it's happy because like she went back and she went to her town. But at least at least when she goes to heaven, then it's fine. But the town itself is probably like in a worse state than it was when they came back after those year breaks. It's a ghost town. It's it one is. of those weird towns that you drive by on the highway and I you're mean, like, I want to go see that abandoned gas station. Thank you. I mean, even if this is just us like extrapolating out from images that are supposed to be more metaphorical than they were supposed to be literal, the the before Betty dies and goes to her pop tate's heaven the sweet hereafter one of the 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 thing we see the thing they pull up to is pop tate's is closed and for sale it's not even open and for sale like it is done it, pop yeah, tate's, it is it is the closed seems kind of overgrown and that that for a long time like in the apocalypse thing riverdale being just like our pop tate's being destroyed was like a sign of the worst outcome. So we end it, we end it with the worst outcome, and then she dies, but then it's okay. This what is, story are you telling, Riverdale? This, 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 this show is very grim. It's incredibly grim. Well, and we have not even like dove into the cosmic horror, which is the fact that these teenagers know they lived another full life. <laughs> and yeah, they only have the good memories in their brains. But even those will are a lot of gotta be a lot oh, of memories. Well, they're bad. Yeah. And then they have to live and in a full other like 60 years knowing that they lived in 2027. They knew 9/11 would happen and they did nothing to stop it as far as we know. Well, no, they forgot that. 9/11's a bad thing. <laughs> Also, they were 16. They would have been alive for um, um, would, okay, math. So, yes. No, they, <laughs> they would have been alive. They, they were alive. one. Yeah, they were one. <laughs> but they knew about it. <laughs> I guess oh, they, I no, guess they actually, it. actually, maybe they were born after 9-11. Because the show know, they, started in 2016 and they were sophomores. There were a lot of other tragedies that they could have stopped and they didn't is what, I, what, I, what I'll point out. But they forgot them because those were bad memories. They didn't stop Chernobyl. They could have done that. <laughs> And everyone knows about Chernobyl. Everyone knows about Chernobyl. <laughs> they could have stopped Princess Diana from dying in that car crash. The fact that, the fact that with the good memories, not one of them was just like, I'll find a way to vent Google. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Veronica did Over do 100%, a variety of 100%. that. But that is for us when we look at the entirety of this series. But for now, that was season seven. That was the end of Riverdale. But not really the end of Riverdale, as our thesis statement concludes. I cannot believe this is how this TV show ended. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I didn't and they have. Knew I didn't they have. They were ending. I didn't have high 
hopes because Riverdale has always had a history of stumbling at the finish line. Yeah, they do biff the uh, landing. They, they, they always biff the landing. So they're twisting ankles all over the place. <laughs> uh, but to not do a finale for the series and just decide to kind of ignore it and just be like, no, let's do this one. Look, I would have been happier if they had done the entire season seven in the 1950s and then just like found a dumb reason to skip forward to 2027. Like, just send them back to their proper storyline, I think. I mean, with, with the way they did it, I mean, this might be a good way to end the talk about the way of ending this. Oh, no, no, that should be for next. Should, oh, yeah, we'll talk about that next we'll week. We'll talk about the next, because that, that, yeah. that, that requires taking in the entire season. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll save that for next week when you, when you uh, tune in for that. So in the interim, if you want to tell us about what you think would have been a better ending, or if you love this ending... Tell us on the social media. It's Podcast MOA, Podcast MOA at Instagram, at Twitter, and at gmail.com. And I'm over on my website. We can get my books, kevinweirbooks.com. And I will be at the Edmonton Expo uh, this upcoming weekend. So Yeah, so go go check Kevin out. I will not yeah, be at Expo. I think I'm at booth A115, which is like right near the front, which is shocking. Very good. Maybe. I don't know. It's not where I want it to be. You wanted to be by the food. Well, no, I want to be back with my friend. Oh. <laughs> well, you should go to the expo to be Kevin's friend. And if you're not in Edmonton, then uh, go to my web- my website, flimsyplan.com. Yes. And we will see all of you next week. There's no questions. Just leave. Just go. Go. Go now. Good. Good.